Testing, testing, testing. Blah, 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 blah. Ready, set, go. It's time for the Coach Amy and Coach Liz Show. A podcast for endurance athletes by two athletes, two coaches, and a physical therapist. We are your hosts, Coach Amy and Coach Liz, coming to you from Kansas Kansas City. Okay, so what's our topic today, Liz? We, well, you know... Okay. okay. This was supposed to be. <laughs> well, yeah. We introduced this as a recovery manifesto that was going to be in four parts. It was. And then, as we were <laughs> editing and working on things, we realized that two and three were the same. Yeah. So now, it's only a three-part manifesto. Yeah. We've gone back and forth. We've three, gone back four, and forth. Three, four. And, and now we're at is, three. And this is part three. Yeah. <laughs> and part <laughs> three is going to be about the factors that impact. Recovery. Yeah. So that's what we're talking about today. All right. So, you know, the body takes time to heal. And, you know, we, we talked about that in part one of our recovery manifesto, that there are periods of recovery that follow different phases of training. But how much time um, do we need for that healing and recovery? Okay. So don't hate me for this answer because it's like, that's my answer to everything. It depends. The amount of time and the type of recovery that an endurance athlete needs depends on the effort, the sport, chronological and athletic age, and life situation. Yeah. Let's talk about effort. So the type and amount of recovery that an athlete needs is directly related to the effort expended during a race or training workout. Um, So in other words, the intensity and volume of the effort. So high intensity um, refers to how difficult the the training or racing was, and volume refers to the distance or time of workout. So like for running 10 times 800 um, on a a track um, at faster than race pace is super high intensity, whereas running 20 miles or doing a four hour ride would be more like high volume. Yeah, and remember, we are stressing the body on purpose with training. So that's that's the purpose of training. We're stressing it on purpose. We are breaking down in order to build back up. And the extent of muscle damage is higher for those high volume and high intensity workouts. And therefore, we need more recovery for those types of workouts. Yeah, and you know, you need to listen to your body with those kinds of things. I mean, you know, you know, as athletes, or if you're newer to the sport, you'll learn to know how you feel after a workout. Um, so, you know, I certainly know how I feel after a six-hour ride. I'm tired. But I get a lot of athletes literally asking me why they're tired in the middle of Ironman training. I mean, I get that on a regular basis. I can't even imagine a freaking six hours on the bike. You're tired. You're tired when you get done. I'm never doing it. Just, okay? <laughs> no. I say no. (laughs) But, you know, yeah, like how I feel after a long run, it's it's not just muscle fatigue that I'm feeling. It is a a full body, all over body fatigue. And, you know, my husband, when I'm training for a marathon, he'll ask, you know, how long are you running tomorrow? You know, this is like Friday night. How long are you running tomorrow? Oh, you know, I've got 20 miles. And he'll say like, oh, great. (laughs) You're going to be worthless. And I'm like, I am not. And then the next day, I'm worthless. <laughs> there's just there's nothing else that's going to happen that day. But another factor that plays into the amount of recovery time needed is the sport itself. 
Yeah, for sure. You know, the amount of time that it takes to recover is dependent on the type of sport. So swimming, biking, and running load the body differently. Um, and so you need different types of recovery for those. So for example, um, you know, if you go, when you're running, every time you land, you know, you're, you're putting three to six times your body weight through all of the, your muscles and your joints and your tendons. Um, it's a much greater load and the force is much greater on the body. And so it needs a lot more time to recover um, than say swimming, which is a lot more, I mean, swimming is tough, but it doesn't have the same sort of pounding that running does. Yeah, and I actually did notice that when when I began triathlon training, you know, I would be like, oh my God, you know, I have a, a, a swim the day after a long run, but it actually helped me to recover from my long runs. Like I should have always been, whether I was training for a triathlon or not, or not a swim on Sunday is awesome. It, it was a pleasant surprise. Yes. <laughs> so let's talk about some other sports that can that can factor in because, mm. you know, we've, we have endurance athletes that try to do other things besides swim, bike, run, or train for a marathon. And one of the ones that I think has the a very large impact on is CrossFit. And I don't want to bag on CrossFit as a sport because I think if you belong to a really good gym with really good trainers, it can be an awesome thing. For sure. However, I have, <laughs> I have treated a lot of patients in the clinic who were trying to do both at the same time triathlon or um, marathon training and trying to do CrossFit and going to CrossFit six times, six times a day. Um, And this, this combination, it leads to all kinds of injury. It's too much heavy loading, too much weight bearing. So the effort level and the type of sport impact the amount of recovery needed. But Liz, what about our athletic age? What, what even is athletic age? So athletic age is the number of years that somebody's been in a sport. And it matters because your body becomes more durable to handle um, the load of a sport over time. So um, when you have an, an athlete with a young athletic age, they're going to need more recovery time than somebody with an older athletic age. And a good example that makes this a little bit more clear is when I get athletes who are swimmers and they want to get into triathlon. And even if I've had like, you know, really good division one top-notch swimmers and maybe their athletic age for swimming is 30 years, um, and they're super durable, they can handle a super high load in the pool. Um, when they start to run, we have to be really careful um, because their body just is not used to like their bones and their joints and their ligaments and tendons aren't ready for the pounding. Um, so kind of, you know, as a, as a, for athletic age, for running, they're really like a newborn in a lot of ways. Yes. And that reminds me of something here so, because the cardiovascular system adapts very quickly to running. I mean, it, it, to a new runner, it can feel like it's, it's horrible, but it's actually like it, it, in, in several months, it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to adapt, but it can take years. People don't realize mm-hmm. it can take years for the musculoskeletal system to adapt to that sport. Yeah. So yeah, let's go back to this athletic age for a second. So in, I ran in high school and a bit in college, and I would say that, you know, I had an athletic age of maybe 30. Okay, let's just give it a number. Let's, let's, I'm 30 years old runner, but then I took 10 years away from running. And in my head, when I started back up as, a, as an adult, it, I felt like I, in my head, I was still that same athletic age that I was 10 years, 10 years before that. I was still 30 year old, 30 year old athletic age runner. Um, but was I? <laughs> no. <laughs> I wasn't necessarily a newborn to the sport, but I was probably, had probably regressed to probably being a teenager. Um, I needed to rebuild the body so that it could handle the running and the training load again without 
causing injury. So I had to essentially start over, um, but I was able to make up ground a little bit faster than a newborn. Sure. And, you know, I mean, athletic age is one thing, but another important factor is our chronological age. Um, and, you know, the older we are, the more recovery time we need. You know, you don't recover when you're 20 the same way you do when you're 50. Um, and, you know, this does not mean that we don't go hard as we get into our older years or that we will not continue to improve. Um, so just to be clear on that, it just means that we need to support our recovery differently. Um, you know, Stacy Sims and Joe Friel have some really good resources, um, both for athletes in general, and then Stacy's really come out with some stuff for women um, specifically about how we can train and recovery, especially as we get older. We will put those links in the show notes. They're great resources. Yeah. So, you know, as we age, um, our ability to, our, the, the ability of our cells to repair and regenerate diminishes. And so we need more more recovery time. And I've I've written an article, and we'll put that in the show notes as well. Um, it's the secrets to combating the effects of aging on our musculoskeletal system. But it, to to kind of give you an idea of what that article is about, we we do have some hormonal changes that occur as we age. We produce less of the hormones that help us to repair tissues in the musculoskeletal system. Uh, we also have a decrease in the production of collagen, and collagen is an, is an ingredient that we need for muscle and tendon repair. So if we have less of it, <laughs> if we produce less of it, that's going to change our ability to adapt to training and require more time, more recovery time. We also have some muscle changes that occur. We lose muscle as we age, and that's a, a phenomenon called sarcopenia, but all of these are physical changes and they directly impact our ability to adapt and recover from training load. But there also is our, our there, you know, there's some behavioral changes that occur. Um, and in fact, it was pointed out in an article recently published in the Journal of Functional Morphology and Kinesiology, where they found that um, increased age also that was combined with a decreased use of recovery strategy. That's crazy. <laughs> So, so we need more recovery as we age, but we're taking less of it mm. as we age. Yeah. I think this is why you're so busy in your clinic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I think we all just think we should be able to do what we did 20 years ago with no, you know, with no problems. But um, I don't know. We've covered the physical reasons um, why, you know, aging impacts us. So maybe our need to just keep pretending like we're 20 years old is all mental. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but there is another factor involved here, and that is um, genetics. You know, genes give us our hair color and our eye color, et cetera. We're all familiar with that, but it actually goes beyond that. Yeah, I mean, did you ever wonder what separates, like, the professional and elite athletes in sports from, uh, you know, like mere mortals? It, it's not necessarily how hard they work or, or their will or, de or their determination, there's no secret training plan. There's no secret shoe, okay, <laughs> or piece of equipment. Uh, it's genetics uh, that, that really separates um, that top tier of people. And there is a great book. It's probably the best I've ever read or come, ac come across. And we'll, we'll put it in the show notes for you. But it's called The Sports Gene, Inside the Science of Extraordinary Athletic Performance performance and it's written by uh, David Epstein but I'll, I'll pull one of the little stories out for you and it's it's a story about um, baseball players and 
it had to do with like what what kind of separated um, you know major league baseball players from other baseball players and it wasn't about our reaction time like you would think oh well they, they can react faster you know they can swing the, the bat faster but what they found was everybody pretty much has that same reaction time the difference was their visual acuity so it was like the number of cones and the you know i don't know if you remember back from science class the cones. But, but, the cones. <laughs> but um their visual acuity is 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 superior and what that allowed them to do is to um see from a further distance how that ball was spinning so that then they could you know react they had in their mind how they needed to react to that ball that was coming much sooner because they could see it earlier yeah it's crazy i mean so you know the genes do impact endurance speed recovery um, and those can certainly be trained um but you know they do play a role and so i think this is a good place to remind us why we don't compare to our friends especially on social media what they're doing versus what we're doing um, and certainly, you know, what we see on social media is not the whole story most of the time. Yeah. And, you know, we all have that friend or that, you know, that coworker who, like, they barely do any training. And then they go out and they qualify for Boston. Mm. Or there's the the other person in the office or, or, or friend or someone you see on social media who's doing an obnoxious amount of training, like <laughs> two-a-days. And they're, like, you know, in their mid-60s and they're never injured. And it forget like I'm so jealous of those people. They make me sick. <laughs> it's not fair, but That's, it's genetics. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that brings us to another huge factor that affects recovery, and that is life situation. Um, there's the, the, those are those like other responsibilities in life that affect recovery. So, for example, you know work. You know, what do you do for work? Do you have children? Are you taking care of aging, you know, parents? Are you going through a divorce? Are you moving? Maybe you're having a, a job change or loss. All of these things affect our ability to train and recover. Yeah, they do. I mean, they really cut into our time to recover. And I think, you know, as athletes, we focus so much on the training part of it, and then we just don't make the time to recover. Um, but, you know, you can make better choices about around recovery within the confines of your life and what you have to do. So for example, if you have, you know, I've got tons of athletes who get their training done in the morning and then they have, you know, thousands, it seems like, of children's sports games that go on all weekend. And so you're spending a lot of time going around and cheering your kid at their sports. But you know, there's a difference between standing up, not taking any fluids, being on your feet, getting all riled up at the, you know, sports ball game, <laughs> which is not helping your recovery versus yeah. maybe you take a chair and you take some water and you sit in the shade and, you know, you don't want to be like the weird parent in like some, I don't know, cooling getup, but <laughs> you can make choices that will help your body recover. Um, and remember that professional athletes, you know, they have training and recovery that is their full-time job. And if they don't make room for both, they fail. And the same is really true for us. Yeah. So, like, the, you know, the, the first step is awareness, but it's also, you know, choices. So, like, is pickleball good recovery? Pickleball in 100 degrees? <laughs> is that good recovery? No. <laughs> so, even if it's a, a social activity, you know, we want to be social. We, we want to be able to do these other things. And you should be able to do these other things. But when we're in high training, um, just simple awareness and choices can help us. Uh, especially if you have a life situation that doesn't seem like it has a lot of time to spare. Mm -hmm. So... 
you know, like for example, you know, when, when I was training for 70.3 or, or, or just, you know, marathon training, I had to keep reminding myself that I have a physical hard job on top of my training. So like, I'm, you know, a physical therapist, there's a lot of manual labor in that, uh, despite what my Apple Watch was telling me. Oh my it's gosh. like, you haven't moved around. <laughs> Move around. I'm like, I am moving. I'm just not taking steps. <laughs> but anyway, I had to remind myself that, you know, I am not recovering during my job. It has to be accounted for during your training. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, this is a good time. You know, we, we, hear, we get lots of questions from people like, what about those people that run a marathon every month? Oh, my gosh. You know, they're, what I like to point out to them is that, well, they're probably not PRing. At, no. You know, they're not, they're not getting a PR no. every, if they're running a marathon every month. Yeah. You know, basically, if they're not becoming injured and they're doing that, think about it as though that's a, a, a long training run mm-hmm. once a month, which that's not completely out of out of the question mm-hmm. you know they're they're adequately recovering and they're building back up and then they do another marathon but they are not out there pushing themselves there's some volume but it's not super intense mm-hmm. and that's probably why they can do that but if you think you're going to go out there and you're going to run a marathon you know once a month at your hard intensity or your hardest that you can do it um, you can be rest assured you're not going to recover yeah, there's not a pr months. every month yeah yeah um but, you know, I mean, I think we do, I think especially with social media now, we see um, things like people like the Run Every Day Challenge, or I think a lot of triathletes will be familiar with the gentleman last year who, I think it was last year, who did like 100 Ironmans in 100 days. You know, I mean, he ended up in the hospital. I think he's still alive. But I think, you know, those things are gaining traction largely because of social media, but you need to be really careful with them. Yeah. It's 15 minutes of fame, but it's really hard on your body. I mean... Yeah, not okay. So what's our take-home message today, Liz? So our take-home message is just to be aware of the factors that impact your recovery because it's not always obvious. We get busy and we just don't necessarily think about it. And that's why we're podcasting about it. Yes. Um, So, you know, pay attention and make good choices. Be good to yourself. Thanks so much for listening. And remember, we We are are in this together. together. Until next time.